Coming up, most surprising moves of the deadline so far, and breaking down the Luke Weaver trade to the Kansas City Royals, talking to Ulisa Branos of Lockdown Rays and Ryan Stiles of Lockdown Royals next. <laughs> Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, all right, all right. Let's start with that conversation with Ulysses Branos of Lockdown Rays. Um, a lot of action. We are recording this on Monday evening, Monday at mm-hmm. 6 p.m. So a lot of things have happened uh, today, Miller. Has there been one big name out that you were like, what? That is happening? What, 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 what kind of, how would you do a power ranking of, uh, of the traits that we have seen uh, go down today? Yeah, I mean, the probably the most surprising one was the Josh Hader trade. I think probably the one that would may, might make the biggest impact is actually the Frankie Montes trade to the Yankees. But I think the most surprising one was the Josh Hader one, just because the Brewers, when you look at it from their perspective, they lead their division right now. They're like they're, they're in first place comfortably. Like the Cardinals have fallen back to the pack right now. The Cardinals, I don't even think, own a playoff spot at the time of us recording. So it's like you're trading one of the most established closers in the game for a package. It just didn't feel like it was the perfect time for the Brewers to do that. There's been rumblings about how they don't want to pay Josh Shader. So I guess that kind of makes sense. But I do like the package that they got back because when I look at it from the Padres' perspective, I feel like they did give up kind of a lot for Josh Hader because they gave up Ty, uh, Taylor Rogers, who was their closer this year. I feel like he's basically the middleman's Josh Hader. Like he's a big strikeout artist as well. They gave up to Nelson Lament, who I know has struggled with injuries the last couple of years, but a still pretty good dart throw to do for someone who was a Cy Young candidate just a couple of years ago. And then they got back a couple pitching, uh, one pitching prospect and an outfield prospect as well. So I look at it from the Brewers' perspective, like I feel like you got a lot of good stuff for a pretty elite closer who are probably not willing to pay. Like even some of Josh Hader's numbers, I feel like maybe maybe he's a little bit overrated because he's got a four something ERA this year because he's had a terrible month. Back a couple years ago, his ERA was like around a three eight. So two of the last three years, he hasn't been like completely dominant. He strikes out people at an unbelievable rate. But in terms of run prevention, is he that elite of a closer? So from the Brewers' perspective, even though. In terms of the name you're giving up, it feels like, why are you doing this if you're a first-place team? But in terms of the package that the Brewers got back, I think they might have actually won that trade against the Padres. I'm not too sure. I'm not convinced that the Padres actually won that deal. I feel like the Padres might have given up a lot for Josh Hader. You know, that's that's certainly a a, a possibility because 
I think from the Brewers perspective, um, I understand what the Brewers front office is, is trying to do. And they even came out with like a big paragraph statement to their fans on why they're doing it. They want to have as many possibilities of to, I think that the quote was to get as many bites of the apple uh, as mm-hmm. possible. That is basically what the race have been saying since 2018. We have to be thinking about not only the short term, but the long term. The more times you get to the postseason, then it's a crapshoot. Just get to the postseason somehow, and then it, it's just a, a luck of the draw. I mean, you can see what 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 happened with the Nationals. You can see what happened with the Braves. So it's not necessarily the best big team that that gets to to the World Series. So yeah, that's what they're doing. I understand that, um, but man, um, a guy like Josh Hader can definitely shorten out a game. And in the playoffs, mm-hmm. my goodness, when you only have to cover instead of nine innings, now you only have to cover seven, uh, which the Brewers had with Devin Williams and Hader. Now you take that mm-hmm. guy out of there. Oof. I mean, it's it's a head scratcher, at least for the short term uh, for the Brewers. But what about a, a, another move? There was was there another move that kind of, you know, piqued your interest? Yeah, well, I was also going to say, I also just think it depends on how you value closers. If you think they're that much of a difference maker, because I don't know, I look at like that Red Sox trade for Craig Kimbrell. They won it in 2018 with Craig Kimbrell on the roster, but he almost blew a lot of those games during those postseason runs. I don't know if there's really been a closer <laughs> since like Mariano Rivera, where you're like, okay, this guy's actually changing life for me in my franchise. So I don't know if like modern day closers, I just feel like closers are like kind of, easier positions to go and fill uh, that void. Like if you can find a pretty good reliever, you could probably make him your closer and then save games that way. Like, I feel like there's a bunch of relievers year after year that are coming up through the system that are throwing 95 to hundred miles an hour. They could just convert to a closer and just wipe away guys. So I feel like putting a ton of investment in a closer might not be the smartest uh, move anymore, but another move uh, to, to answer your question, the Frankie Montez move. I know you might want to talk about the Jose Siri move, but the Frankie Montez move, because the Yankees rotation has already been one of the best in baseball this year. They already have like four or five guys, with like a three, five sub ERA. And so to add yeah. Frankie Montez to be like your number two or number three starter with Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Montgomery, because we know Luis Severino, I, you know, he deals with a lot of injuries. We don't know how he's going to be, if he's going to be healthy for the postseason. So Frankie Montez to be more than just insurance, an actual dude that you're going to throw in at that number two, number three um, spot in your rotation of the New York Yankees. Like, that's pretty good. And they got back another reliever as well in that trade as well with some closing experience because we know Michael King is going to be out the rest of the year. So that Trevino is going to be um, – supplement Michael King and that back in that bullpen for the Yankees. So from the Yankees perspective, like they've been wheeling and dealing. They've been the most aggressive team around this deadline. Again, Ben Attendi, now this Montez deal. And then they pulled off another deal um, as well, I think, today. So the Yankees are making moves. And from the Rays perspective, like we've seen the Rays now make a couple moves for outfielders. Like, how are you feeling as a Rays fan seeing the Yankees load up in your division? Uh, I, I got to tell you, when it, it, it's a it's a dark day when the Red Sox and the Yankees not only have to spend money to be good, now they're actually using their brains. And so now that's scarier because usually Mm -hmm. they had just been pilfering money and, you know, you can't battle with that, but all right, at least they're not that smart. Now their front office is like, you know what the Rays are doing? That's pretty good. We have the wallet to back it up. So why don't we just become the East Coast Dodgers? Because that's essentially what they are. So now the Yankees, you know, they looked at their roster in the off season and they did an overhaul 
let's let's focus on defense. Let's let's fo- let's focus on, on not making s- s- silly mistakes. Let's focus on the pitching, and it has worked out beautifully. I mean, also they've had a lot of help with. I believe at one point they had eighty nine starts, and five guys had done eighty two starts. So basically, like, no injuries at all from their starting rotation. So that has helped them. But, yeah, the Frankie Montas, um, the Benintendi move, um, if they can sort out Trevino and, and kind of make him a, a, a high-leverage guy, it's it's been a really tough Yankee team to face. I think the Rays are actually 3-6 and six in, in the nine-season uh, uh, games that they've faced. But... The Rays have been injured, and also the 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 games have all. I think out of the nine games, six games have been two runs or less. But again, they don't they don't give out participation trophies, even mm-hmm. if it's two runs or yeah. less. You've got to get the W. So hopefully, um, you know, the, when the Rays get a little bit healthier, that the Frankie Montas and the Trevinos and the Benintendis won't really move that needle that much. But it's definitely worrying to see the team that's already ahead in the division by double digits still aim to get much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the division is crazy. Are you pro with what the Red Sox are doing though? Do you actually think what they're doing is smart with how they're treating their players and maybe moving off them for packages and stuff like that? Yeah, it doesn't sound like the Red Sox are trying to win any jewelry anytime soon. And speaking of jewelry, the best place to buy fine jewelry is BlueNile.com because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, fine jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's Ben Jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile had jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to bluenile.com today Time we still we, we still like them. Um, you know, I, I think yes, last year kind of caught them by surprise, their their success. And so I think they have to retool a little bit. I think you know that they might have to become a little bit younger. Uh, but I don't know, man. I think there's something happening when when you see what happened that week, that that whole week with the Red Sox defense, and mm. that, that was just a blank show, um, man, you, you got to do something. Uh, I don't know if it's overhauling everybody, but I mean, JD Martinez could be on the block. Christian Vasquez could be on the block. They definitely said no Bogarts is, uh, uh available. So I guess Red Sox nation has that to hang their hat on, but yeah, I mean, it, it, so, sometimes you, you have to retool and 
when it when you're the Red Sox again, you have now smarts in the in the front office. You have the wallet. Just because you sell on August second of 2022, that doesn't mean that in 2023 you're rebuilding. No, like you just now you're a contender again because you did moves in the offseason. You got money to get some good guys from the free agency. So I don't really see them if they sell. I don't think it's like a oh well. Let's watch. They become the Detroit Tigers. Like that's not going to happen with, with with the Red Sox. But you know they do have some interesting pieces. I mean Christian Vasquez, man, he's he's an interesting catcher, and I, I think he would he he would be a really good get for a lot of teams. That's that's for sure. Uh, I think he was maybe a a, a good guy to get if uh, the Rays hadn't gone for Christian Betancourt, uh, but. I think the Rays, uh, maybe the interdivisional traits are not uh, going to happen yeah. uh, this this much uh, late in the season. But man, I'm excited! I'm excited! Uh, I think you know, in in the next uh, you know last minutes that we have together, I kind of want to talk big picture. Um, what what else do you think that could be the be- the next big domino? Is it a Juan Soto? Uh, uh, we we obviously are not going to get Shohei Otani be moved, as the Angels said today that they're that they're not going to to be offering him up, but is Juan Soto a Dodger? Is Juan Soto a Padre or is Juan Soto a Yankee? What, what's going on? Well, can I actually throw it back to you? I want to hear your thoughts on the other move that your team did today with the Jose Siri move. I want to hear a few thoughts on Jose Siri because I'm not going to lie. I was a little upset when I saw that because you guys gave up Jaden Murray to get Jose Siri. It's like we get when we traded Dave Peralta, we got an 18 year old catcher. Like I know Jaden Murray's got some red flags. He might be out for the year with Tommy John. Like that's the kind of dark throw I want if I'm the D backs. Like he put up good stats, but now he's going to be out for the year with injury. Like why couldn't we go for a dark throw like that instead of going after an 18 year old rookie ball catcher? But that's just my perspective perspective as a D-back fan but as a raised guy how did you feel getting Jose Siri because I know his numbers um are not the greatest this year but he's still a super young guy he's got the speed and I saw you guys also DFA'd Brett Phillips now can you explain to me why people are upset about that because just looking at his numbers I did they didn't look too pretty and I saw people upset that they DFA'd him yeah great great question very timely uh look man I think when 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 Jaden Murray, by the way, we had him on the show. Very, very nice, thoughtful guy. Uh, you know, I I think his numbers speak for themselves. He is a really really good get. And you're right. When when you're trading David Peralta, I would have also thought if you're knocking on the race door, why are you not getting a pitcher instead of a catcher who the race mm-hmm. do not have a really good history with developing uh, catchers uh, in their system. So. It, it, that that I would also be upset as a Diamondback fan to not at least poach a single pitcher uh, from the race for Peralta. Yeah. But yeah, Jaden Murray, interesting piece. Seth Johnson, amazing stuff going to the Orioles. But of course, with the 40-man crunch that's going to happen, he has Tommy John next year. It makes sense. It's a really good piece. Now, Jose Siri coming back. Now, that's interesting because the guy has done nothing but rake mm-hmm. in AAA. <laughs> Nothing but Rick. Mm-hmm. I think he has like a one dot one OPS. I mean, he's been insane. But in the major leagues, at least this year, has this year. I think, yeah, just just a five twenty OPS. I think he's dancing around like sixty WRC plus. Uh, I don't think he even hits the Mendoza line. So it has been a really big struggle for him this season. In 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 the major leagues, he did have some success last year, though, uh, in, in yeah. even way more limited time. So I think he had like 40 uh, plate appearances last year. 
he did ter- terrific. This year, he has 147 plate appearances, and he has been awful. So who is Jose Siri? Well, we do know that he is super fast, and apparently yeah. he's really, really good with the glove. He can track him like nobody else. He's a really good defender. So overall, you hope that the bat will ultimately play because you know that the defense and the, and the base runner will be there. Now, regarding Brett Phillips, he is a cult hero. He is he is a native of Tampa Bay. He was uh, he grew up in Seminole, Florida. So he was basically 30 minutes away from the trop. He used to go to the trop as a kid. There are multiple pictures of him wearing race gear as young as four years old. In fact, last Saturday, I'm not even three days ago, I went to this game. There was a giveaway of a Devil Rays throwback basketball jersey with his name on okay. it. Why? Because there's a picture of him as a four-year-old with a Devil Rays uh, basketball jersey. So they actually made a giveaway because of him, given wow. because of that uh, jersey that he had. So he's become a cult hero, not only because of that, but obviously the 2020 uh, World Series Game 4, he's the unlikeliest hero of all time in World Series. I will put up any World Series magical moment. I will. I Nobody can beat Brett Phillips, who hadn't had a hit in the last 20 at-bats against Kenley Jansen in a game that was topsy-turvy. Like, and then and then the throw goes off, and then the the, the bobble. Randy Rosarena gets in, in in a little tie between third and fourth. Like it's it was it's the most unlikeliest thing to happen, and it happened to Brett Phillips. He is loved among race fans. He's a cult hero. But yes, if you look exactly at the at the Excel spreadsheet, at the Savant, at Fangraphs, the production has definitely slowed in 2022 mm-hmm. to a to a just a grinding halt. And so it just became untenable. Uh, and so he was designated for assignment. Uh, you know, we some maybe some team picks him up. Maybe nobody does. And then maybe he can um, sign again with the race. Who knows? But uh, definitely wish him the, the, the best for Brett Phillips because I think that game four has given race fans so many good memories and so many good feelings that you kind of remember that um, th- those sort of guys forever. Okay, that makes sense. It's one of those you, you remember where you were when it happened moments. So that makes more sense as to why there's such a following for Brett Phillips. I was like, huh, looking at his baseball reference. I was like, why is so many people upset on Twitter with this guy being moved? But now yeah. now that you explained to me, it makes a little bit more sense. But I think probably next season when you guys get Kevin Kiermaier back, that outfield defensively should be pretty elite. With Kiermaier, Siri, and Arena, like that should be a pretty dynamic threesome that you guys have out there. So I'm pretty excited to see that. Uh, maybe, but maybe. I mean, Kiermaier is in his last guaranteed year of his contract. So there's oh. a buyout. So he most likely will get that buyout and become a free agent. So have the race said goodbye to Mike Zunino, to Kevin Kiermaier, and Brett Phillips all in the same year? That could be a reality. That could be a reality. Mm. That would yeah. be interesting. That would be interesting. I wonder if you guys want to keep David Peralta, though, if you guys just look at him at a two-month rental or maybe at least for another season because when the Braves trade for Eddie Rosario, like they still kept him, still kept for, still kept Adam Duvall as well. So I wonder if the Rays are – because when you trade for these guys, they always consider them rentals. But it's like you can re-sign these players yeah. in the offseason. They, they don't have to walk. Just because you trade for a guy <laughs> exactly. who's about to be a free agent doesn't mean they have to leave as soon as the offseason hits. So I wonder what the Rays are going to do from that perspective. 
Me too, me too. And, you know, I hope that the next two months are good for David Peralta and for the Rays. And I hope that that partnership, uh, it goes so well that I can get that Venezuelan bump to him uh, next year too. We are going to discuss Luke Weaver to the Royals. But if you want to bet on Luke Weaver turning his career around with Kansas City, you need to head to betonline.net because it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ryan, how are you doing today, sir? MLB trade deadline day. We're recording this on a Tuesday. It'll probably drop Wednesday, but how are you feeling today, sir? I'm feeling good. It's always exciting, even though our teams aren't in it necessarily for the play-in chase. It's still an exciting day for baseball. I mean, we're going to have a superstar Juan Soto moved, and it's just going to kind of reshape the way we think about the rest of the season. So it's very exciting. I am happy to be here, but we do have a very important trade to announce on the lower scale for the Royals and Diamondbacks that we're going to dive into as well. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, for our two teams, it's still a pretty interesting day because our teams are going to be active. It just we're the sellers of the market, right? Where where teams are coming to us and they say, what what players can we poach from your team to help round out the edges of our roster for our playoff run? So it's always kind of a sad day for teams like us because it's like what fan favorites are going to be leaving our teams today? Which players have we really enjoyed that might not be on this roster any longer so it could be a sad day for us but we did get one trade and i don't think i was too sad to see it happen because the d-backs and the kansas city royals made a trade luke weaver to the royals coming back is third baseman emmanuel rivera and this was basically just like a straight up one for one swap this was not the d-backs trying to get any prospects back for luke weaver try to salvage the deal that they made for paul goldschmidt a few years ago this was not the Royals saying uh yeah this is a young guy who has been on the major league level, hasn't really taken a step up, but maybe we could get a couple young guys back for him. This was just a straight-up trade between two teams that are saying these are two young players that were just kind of both probably over in our own organization and maybe they could um, progress someone else, uh, progress somewhere else and maybe finally turn around their career with someone else. Yeah, I, I think that it's just a classic case of just change of scenery where mm-hmm. the, the, the Royals are betting on Luke Weaver uh, on a change of scenery with a new organization, new pitching staff, a new pitching coaches and everything. Maybe he can turn it around. I mean, he has some things you might like, like that 78th percentile spin rate. And then for the D-backs, they're going to take a chance on Emmanuel Rivera, who has uh, hit in spurts at the major league level. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, at least for the Royals, it feels like, hey, we got a surplus of infielders. Let's trade away this infield that has some pot potential to to kind of bounce back for an arm that could bounce back as well. Just kind of a flyer for each side on, on a, a position of need, at least for the Royals. Uh, they need as many arms as they can get. Yeah, let me first start with the D-backs perspective of why they would – why. Well, let me start from here. Why would the D-backs want Emmanuel Rivera? What have you seen? Is it – 
And why, like, why are the Royals moving off of him? And why do you think the D-backs would even want him? Has there been something from his minor leagues that he was really good at? Has there been anything that maybe he's flashed on the major league level? Like, as a D-backs fan, should I be excited about Emmanuel Rivera at all? Yeah, I'm excited. I was excited about Emmanuel Rivera for the rest of the season for the Royals. So uh, for the D-backs, um, I would be very excited just because I think that he plays a serviceable uh, amount of defense where uh, I don't think he's ever going to win a gold glove, obviously. But uh, he's also, I think, above average in the field, which helps a lot. I think that he can be a guy who who can, at the peak of his ceiling, be like the sixth or seventh guy in your lineup that helps you. Uh, turn the lineup back over to the top of the order. I think that he has everyday ball player potential. Uh, and I think that his floor is a, a nice uh, utility piece off the bench for major league club. I think that he's a major league player uh, for sure, uh, but the Royals just couldn't really find that consistency with him uh, in the terms of their lineup. And in terms of just the amount of p- people that they prioritize over him, you're going to prioritize Bobby Witt Jr. Over him. You're going to prioritize Hunter Dozier over him. You're going to pr- prioritize what Merrifield over him, Nicky Lopez over him. If Mondesi's ever healthy, he's going to be over him. You've drafted guys like Nick Lofton in the minor league still. Uh, MJ Melendez, of course, can bounce all over the diamond. And then, uh, you know, you have Manuel Vera then slotting in a lot later in this process. So it's just a case of, you know, he can't be an everyday ball player. But again, like I said earlier, I think that it's just two teams switching um, a, a flyer, you know, a flyer player at a more position of need for each organization. Yeah, and I think another reason why the D-backs did it might just be because Toy Lavelle is very old school with how he manages games, and he just loves the, if I have a lefty on the mound, I'm putting a whole bunch of right-handed hitters in the lineup and vice versa. So I think it might just be a platoon situation for Rivera mostly because I wasn't too happy to see a major league third baseman coming back because I want to see Josh Rojas get as many opportunities as possible at third base, and now that just might clog his opportunities just a little bit. Like, as a D-backs fan, I want to see as much Josh Rojas as possible. He's been the best player from that Zach Green deal and he's having a really good solid season for the d-back so far so from that standpoint i was like oh why are we getting another third baseman like the d-back so far i've only traded for catchers and third baseman i'm like can we please get a pitcher in the building in any one of these returns but going to the royal side like why are, are you happy to see luke weaver coming back in because i know as a d-back fan like i'm not too upset to see luke weaver leaving the building yeah i mean i i texted you immediately after this trade went down and i was like Dude, I'm very excited about this move. Should I be excited? And uh, if you want to reveal what you said, I I won't throw you under the bus. But I was very excited about this, mainly because for the Royals, you you just need arms in your organization because you've seen your investments in first-round arms not pan out so far. Now, Bubich and Singer having a great last three, four starts, and they're kind of turning it on a bit. Daniel Lynch has shown you some things. John Hagsley has shown you some things. But you still need just more opportunities. You need more darts to throw at the wall. And Luke Weaver, I think, represents that. And from the Royals' perspective, too, uh, we mentioned they get a new organization. And about three months when the season's over, they'll get a new pitching coach, too, because I believe that the Royals will fire their pitching coach, Kyle Eldridge, and bring someone better in. And so can that guy, whoever it is that they bring in as a pitching coach, can he uh, work with that 70th percentile spin rate on his fastball and try to get something going uh, with Luke Weaver? So I'm excited for the chance at Luke Weaver, but uh, I know that you were excited to see him leave. Yeah, because you bring up the pitching coach. That's why I'm like, I don't know if Luke Weaver can turn it around because the D-backs had the pitching whisper in Brent Strom on their roster already. So if Brent Strom was turned multiple dudes into Cy Young Award winners, if he couldn't help out Luke Weaver in his career, then I'm like, I, I don't know if Luke Weaver is ever going to be fake, uh, going to be able to 
basically turn around and get back to what where he was in 2019 where he flashes maybe you know a number two number three starter in a rotation and then we haven't really seen it so if luke weaver is able to bring some jewelry and some championship rings to the kansas city royals one day that would be a phenomenal turnaround that's it for this edition of the locked on dimebacks podcast Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks News coverage. Inside part two with Ryan Stiles breaking down the Juan Soto deal and other MLB trade deadline deals. We'll also react to any Diamondbacks um, trades as well, I think, on tomorrow's pod at the top. Um, We'll see how it sets up. We'll see how the rest of the trade deadline goes because I'm recording this before the trade deadline even is over. So there still could be a few D-backs deals that happen before the trade deadline hits at 6 p.m. Eastern. So if it does, if the D-backs do any more deals, we'll probably react to it on tomorrow tomorrow's pod come back tomorrow as i said stay safe stay healthy thank you for making lockdown dimebacks your first listen every day make your second listen to lockdown make your second listen lockdown mlb with our pal sully baseball as always deuces